Welcome to Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. And as always, I got my co-host, my battle buddy, my brother from another mother, the one and only Brian Bearfield, a.k.a. Big Sarge. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Hey, man, nothing much, man. I know it's been a crazy couple of days for us, or really a couple of weeks for us. So, uh, you know, I think uh, it, was due, it was time for us to get back together and regroup and, and, and put out some new content, put out some of this more of this fire. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, you ain't lying. But uh, before we get into the nitty gritty, man, um, I know uh, we, you know, we kind of do a little pre-production thing, and uh, you know, something that you and I think talked about yesterday. Uh, well, something that happened yesterday kind of changed the whole script on what we was going to do, you know, on both of our shows today, um, and that was uh, um, the Kyrie Irving situation, man. So, um, the BBU was a, you, you know. <clears throat> You know, you ain't big sergeant for no reason. You was a United States sergeant in the United, in the United States Army. Um, you know, an E5, you know, a sergeant, um, a non-commissioned officer. I was a non-commissioned officer. So let me ask you this question, Bibi, going into it. Um, you came in, you, well, you was, you're a unique situation. Like, one thing I do, you know, you're my big brother. And one thing I love about you is that you have so many different aspects of life. So when you actually got in the Army, you wasn't a young Thundercat. So, you know, you was a little... You know, more a seasoned dude that was actually able to come in, and I remember the seasoned dudes when I first came in the army, like they was more chill. They was the more, you know, the drill sergeants actually um, respected the soldiers a little bit more because there wasn't no some little young thundercat like myself when I got in. I think I was twenty one, so you couldn't tell me nothing off the streets, bro. Like it, it wasn't a hey, private Compton was off the chain. But needless to say, BB, when you came in in the army, <clears throat> what was your biggest takeaways as a soldier, and then when you became a leader? Uh, was my biggest takeaway uh, when I you say my biggest takeaway from when I became a leader? So when you became an NC, a non-commissioned officer, what was the number one thing you was like? All right, now that I'm a non-commissioned officer, I have to be in charge of these soldiers, and I'm going to have to do fill in the blank. Oh, I'm gonna have to. Uh, one, I'm, I, I I had the advantage, man, and I'm gonna even lie to you because I used to be a teacher. And the fact that I used to be a teacher, I knew that I had to go back into my education mode because every soldier is is different. You, you're mm-hmm. not going to reach all the soldiers the exact same way. It's like like a teacher won't reach all her students the exact same, or his or her students the exact same way. They can give out the exact same instruction, but mm-hmm. I guarantee you that it's going to be a hundred, uh, not a hundred, but I guarantee you however many of the, uh, the amount of number of kids in that classroom is going to have so many different ways of trying to get it done, so many questions. And so you may answer the exact same question maybe like four or five different times in a different way. Mm-hmm. You just got to get used to that. So what I wanted to do was when I became a leader is I, I wanted to be able to listen to the soldiers. That way we could be more effective because once you stop listening to them, and, and especially when you thought that, you know, when you try to impose your will in situations where your will didn't need to be imposed, you lose them. So I'm, I took so many things away from that, BB, which you just said. And the number one thing I was listening to is, believe it or not, ironically, the word listening. I kept hearing the word listening is what you said. And that's the crazy thing. So, you know, you, you're a former teacher. So you took that approach. I took it because I've been a former coach. I coach basketball. 
um, practically all my life. I lived when I was 14 all the way to when I graduated high school. Um, I played basketball and I coached basketball as well, um, middle schooler. So my thing was being a coach and a player's coach. But that means being a player's coach is I sat down and I acted as if I was with one of them. <clears throat> you know, I, I'm, you know, and it goes back to listening. I try to level with every player because every player that I had on my team was different. You know, you may not be able to talk to the guy who's dropping, you know, who's your who carries the biggest bulk of the team as far as offensive side of the ball as you would to somebody who's sitting on the end of the bench who may not get in the game all the time that, um, you know, he's only going to get in the game during garbage time. So, <clears throat> like you said, I listen to him and I also show compassion for him you know, from the star player all the way down to the lowest bottom of the toll pool player and make sure that everyone was equals. So with that being said, BB, I wanted to sit there and see how a young soldier turns into a leader. And I think when I look at Kyrie Irving, first of all, BB, I'm not going to lie. I'm tired of Kyrie Irving. Like, he's 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 annoying me at this point. Um, he's already annoying me from, I think it was last year when he got on with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman on first take. And he was just acting really weird about the whole trade situation when he first initially got traded to Boston. Then the whole the earth is flat situation where he was sitting there just showing his booty talking about, you know, he just sounded so dumb about the whole the earth is flat theory. Then he went on with the Thanksgiving rant um, about, you know, F Thanksgiving, but, you know, his personal life seems to seem deem a little bit different on how he feels about actual Native Americans. And now we have this situation where last night, apparently, um, it was this past week where he reached out to LeBron James and, you know, basically apologized to him. <clears throat> and First of all, my first thing is, you know, if you're going to have to eat some humble pie, that should have been something that was off the records. I don't know why you had to announce that. That should have been something that should have came out later on this season. Um, second of all, I don't know who Kyrie, think, Kyrie Irving thinks he is talking to these little young Thundercats like Jalen Brown, uh, Marcus Smart, and uh, uh, Jason Tatum when Kyrie Irving's only 26 years old. Like, you ain't that much older than these dudes, and just because you've won the NBA championship don't necessarily mean that you are just that dude that just got the juice, you know? Um Last year, if I'm not mistaken, the Boston Celtics were uh, uh, a game away from going to the NBA Finals and beating the Cleveland Cavaliers without Kyrie Irving and even playing the whole postseason. So I think Kyrie Irving's sniffing himself a little too much, and I think he's acting like um, he's acting like a boss more than a leader. If he's a leader, he needs to take Jalen Brown, he needs to take uh, Jason Tatum, these young Thundercats under his wing, and explain them what's going on. And I don't think you know going out in the public, you know, sitting and trying to throw people under the bus is not going to happen as well, man. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's um, and, and, you, and Kyrie has to realize this too. Kyrie has to realize that he's dealing with kid, uh, kids. He's dealing with young men who were successful without him. So exactly. Exactly. He's saying, saying anything he's saying coming back onto the court is like, listen, we respect you, OG. We respect you, Kyrie. We know you got a ring. We know you got crazy handles. We know what you can do. But we went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year without you. So it would be different if Boston had been losing mm -hmm. and they needed Kyrie in order to be successful. Absolutely. But they've already been successful. And Kyrie coming back trying to tell them what they need to do to be successful. It's like, but we've already been successful, Kyrie. It's almost, it's the equivalent to, you know, going to, man, I, I, I don't know, Kettles. Uh, Y'all got a Cheddar's out there in Vegas? Oh, I got a Cheddar's in Georgia, man. Cheddar's is fire, bro. You see what I'm saying? So it's like Kyrie coming in <laughs> trying to tell them, yo, man, when y'all get to Cheddar's, this is what y'all need to order. And they're like, Kyrie, we've already been to Cheddar's, bro. I, we had the biscuits and everything, the, uh, the croissants. <laughs> we had the croissants, man. They hey, that jambalaya out there is popping, bro. You see what I'm saying? And so Kyrie's <laughs> like, y'all need to have the croissants. Like, Kyrie, we had the croissants, yeah. But y'all didn't have the croissants that I had. 
Right, right, right. What are you talking about, Kyrie? So anyway, you know, and because you score the most points does not make you the leader. I don't know where Kyrie is getting this from. Nobody, like when, 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 Boston brought Kyrie on their team. They, they didn't bring him like Kyrie wants you to come in here. We want you to, you know, to uh, make this locker room a cohesive unit. We're bringing you in because of your leadership style. He's like, leadership style. No, Kyrie, you can score. We need your scoring, Kyrie. We don't. We you don't even play great defense. We don't care nothing about that. Can you? Can you get us buckets? Right. Absolutely. So let me ask you this question, Deep. And I've been thinking about it. You know, we talked about it uh, today on your show. Shout out to KLLK, um, Big Sarge, uh, Sports Talk with Big Sarge out there in Houston. Catch it every Monday through Friday from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. out there in uh, the Houston area. Um, we talked about it today. You brought up the part um, that, you know, it's kind of ironic. I was on my way home listening to other colleagues uh, talk about you know, could this be LeBron, LeBron and Kyrie Loki kind of conspiring into maybe getting a reunion, um, being the fact that Kyrie's actually a free agent next offseason, not this offseason, but next offseason, um, possibly trying to get him, uh, trying to recoup Kyrie. Here's my thing. Uh, my great granddad used to tell me this a long, long time ago. I was a little youngster, man. He used to tell me you can only occupy the space that you win. It doesn't matter how big your house is, how big, how big, how many cars you got. You can only occupy the space that you win. And when I when he when he I it didn't realize until he was long after he was passed away, I didn't really understand what he was saying. And he, what he meant to say is, is it don't matter how much you got, how many assets and everything that you got, whatever's around you or within the four walls that you are in immediately in that room, that's all you got. And what I'm getting to, BB, is that do you think that you know, do you think the Boston Celtics has too many commodities where it's not making them good? Yep. And I and Kyrie will be the first one to go for me. He got to go. And, and then Gordon Hayward. I think both of them got to go this. Like, I think if I was Danny Ainge, I mean, think about it, BB. Um, well, I don't know how the Sacramento Kings draft pick that they got this year is going to turn out, but it was a top three protected pick. So they have an additional first round draft pick that if the Kings don't even go to the playoffs, it's going to be a lottery pick as it is. So, I mean, they're going to have another draft pick. I think they got another first round draft pick from somewhere off of one of these trades they've been doing um, in next season's draft. Um, they just got too many assets, bro. And it's just like, you got so much going on, but you know, you got all these, you know, these Ferraris and Bugattis that you drive around. Sometimes it's okay to have the Toyota Camry. Sometimes it's okay to have the Kia Optimus. And you got to start moving some things around because I'm going to tell you right now, BB, even with this team with a healthy Kyrie Irving and a healthy Gordon Hayward, you know, you got Jalen Brown and I think Jason Tatum, one of them's coming off the bench. I think Jalen Brown is. It's not It's not a cohesive unit where it's not working. It's just too much going on. Some of them dudes got to get shipped out. But like you said, Kyrie got to go. Um, this is the second instance where he's been a locker room killer. Um, I think about Gordon Hayward, BB. I've never really been a fan of him. I think his game was a little bit, I don't like to say he's overrated, but I think it's, you know, with the, with the scoring in the NBA being so inflated, I think he's just. I don't. I don't think he's. As, I don't think he's as good as Jason Tatum. I think. I think the upside with Jason Tatum would be. He, he hadn't even touched his peak. Would be a lot better than Gordon Hayward's peak. <laughs> yeah, Gordon Hayward needs to come to go go to a team like I said earlier, a team like the Houston Rockets to shoot a bunch of threes. He, and, and not they don't because they they don't they don't create a lot of shooting threes. A lot of people just go to the spot. And wait for James Harden to kick it out to them, and and that's what he needs to be. Gordon Hayward is a spot up shooter. The reason why he does not fit in Boston is because of the type of deep. I mean, the type of offense that they run. They don't run mm-hmm. a lot of pick and roll. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, they don't run a lot of uh, screen oriented offenses. They don't run a lot of go to the corner and just stand there. They got athletes, and by having those athletes, they create 
uh, their own shot. Tatum, Rozier, Brown, even Smart. Those are people, and including Kyrie, those are people that, okay, there's no such thing as I need you to come set a screen for me. No, I can create my own offense. And Gordon Hayward could, can't do that, and he just doesn't fit in that system to me. Also, the reason why I would let Kyrie go is because you, you got to look at it like this. Brad Stevens got his roots in college basketball and in college basketball you have those those uh players that who listens to the coach and they uh, you know they listen to the coach and if the coach is really good then they're successful last year he ran the boston celtics like a college team and he's mm-hmm. like, we're gonna do this we're gonna do that run this set run that set and you when you got people like tatum and brown and rosier who aren't far removed from college it's almost like they're like yo i'm in my junior year of college or my I'm in my element I'm in my element <clears throat> compared mm-hmm. to Kyrie Kyrie you know they like Rosier Rosier and Tatum they they come in and they call him coach Steven Kyrie mm-hmm. come in and call him Brad right they? right and, it's that level and, of respect at the same time exactly so so Kyrie Kyrie calling them Brad like their counterparts the other two are calling them coach like hey look you're the coach we're gonna do what you say and Kyrie is like well I'm gonna do what Kyrie gonna do what Kyrie wants to do, and that's that. And, and like I said earlier, I, I I know people are gonna get mad at me when I say this, but Kyrie has that Mamba mentality. It's about Kyrie first, and then the rest of the team. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, if that's what he's going, if he's gonna carry that Mamba mentality, uh, you see what happened to the the great Mamba uh, his last four or five years in the NBA. So I don't think he wants that in the first part, his middle part of the career, rather than the latter part of the year. And uh, I just don't, I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm tired of him, bro. Like, he's just annoying at this point. And Kyrie, Kyrie is, uh, he Im- imitates Kobe so much to the fact of Kobe couldn't get along with those, the new talent and the new kids that were coming into the league either. Yeah, and that, that's like, you're absolutely right about that. And, you know, he, and I don't think he even tried to, he didn't even give an effort on that. So um, it is what it is. But I'm, I'm, I hope I don't have to talk about Kyrie again this season. Um, I don't even think Boston's going to even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals at the rate that they're going. So um, hopefully this will be the end of their reign of terror. But it just seems like every few weeks, it's always something with this dude. And it's just like, bro, just just shut up and play ball. Like, stop complaining. Like, you wanted this juice. You wanted this smoke. You wanted to sit there and get away from LeBron because you felt some type of way. You got up out of there. And now, why are you sitting there going back to him? It's like it's like this, BB. That's like you sitting there breaking up with a girl. You know, sitting there saying, man, I don't need her. I got something else better on the side. You know, besides you, whatever is better, blah, blah, blah. Blah. And then you come to find out that it ain't all it ain't all biscuits and gravy. So you come running back to your ex like, hey, you know about that uh about that breakup. Uh, you know, I just want to apologize. You know, yeah, you know, you know, you sitting there sounding stupid as I don't know what, man. So you know, he she was just better off just taking the high road and just keeping it moving. But we'll see what ends up going with him, man. But uh, really, and, and look, up, and, and just up? hold on, and just like that, you described Chris Brown and Carucci's whole relationship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Exactly. For like the last 10, 15 years. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, man. Moving in, man. I like this little thing that we got going on right now, going back to our military time. So uh, you know, kind of going back to our roots a little bit. You, I, was you a runner? Or would you did you would you did you was you a runner when you first got in? Uh yeah, I was a runner until I uh messed up my Achilles. Okay, okay. So let me ask you this, man. When you when you was you were you a so during a two mile run? If anybody knows the army, 
Um, in order to be considered physically fit, you have to do two minutes worth of push-ups, two minutes worth of sit-ups, and then you have to pass a two-minute, two-mile run within X amount of times. BB, was you faster going down or coming back? Uh, I was faster coming back only so because you, I was ready to get it over with. So you was basically just chilling going down there, and then you started hauling booty coming on the way back to the house, right? Uh-huh. And the closer I got, the faster I got. I was like, yo, this yep. is almost over. And then, plus, you know, I didn't want to fail. So, yeah, I, was exactly. like, I, got to, I, got to, I got to get back because, like, I'm not trying to do remedial PT with nobody. Oh, at all, bro. Those are the worst, especially in the middle of summer, depending on where you're stationed at. Oh, you don't want that smoke, man. But exactly. anyways, they when I get what you're eating and everything. Oh, for sure, for sure. Getting taped twice a day and all. Oh, yeah. oh no. Uh-uh, I ain't got time for that. Um, the reason why I was asking that question, BB, is because I want to bring up somebody right there in your neck of the woods, man. Um, do you think the do you think the James Harden run that this dude is on is he sprinting down to that one minute, one mile marker and is he gonna sit there and be struggling coming way on the way back to the house um, leading into the postseason because I think he's he's exerting a lot of energy and I don't know if he's gonna have enough in the tank to finish it off, man. Well, I I, I say like this, uh, e, uh, and having you know covered James Harden and watched him <coughs> up close and personal, he he got a. Like he he's one of those he 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 uh, uh a second lieutenant you know the the ones that love to run oh, and the just get out and get, and get <laughs> out, you know they just love to get out and sprint and go yeah but but the problem with James Harden is it's almost like imagine James Harden running a PT test for for seven other people and like James these people on profile over here so whatever your time <laughs> is is daytime too. Right. So now James is like, well, I got to run as fast as I can, you know, so we all can pass. Because right. if I don't, I if I don't, if I don't beat, you know, if I don't come in at the right time, then they they all gonna fail too. And that's how it is with James Harden, man. If he does not play this way, the Houston Rockets aren't even in contention. Oh, I, I, think, I... At, I think at one point they had they were without Eric Gordon, Chris Paul, James Ennis, Clint Capella. Daniel mm-hmm. House Jr. Like he got and he's got people that's on the court, but he doesn't have you know effective people. The, the the outside of James Harden right now, the most effective score for for them is Austin Rivers because Eric Gordon is just now coming back off mm-hmm. off of off knee injury, and so he's without Capella for another six weeks. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how long much longer it's going to be without uh, Chris Paul. I think they just said it may be another two or three weeks that he's out and so he's like at this point in time if I don't keep this ship afloat to keep us even in playoff contention if I don't do this we're going to be at the, you remember two months ago they were at the bottom right above Phoenix yeah they were yeah, yeah they was they was MI I'm I, hey, bro, I'm, I'm not gonna lie man I'm glad you covered the Houston Rockets bro because outside of all them players that you just named I was out out bro Besides PJ Tucker and uh, and Austin Rivers and James Harden right now, I can't name you who else is the other who else is the other team or who else, who else is playing on the Rockets, bro. Like that's <laughs> like that's that's who he's playing with. Like I'm, I guarantee you, out there outside of the Houston area, um, I could definitely play who he played for with y'all. And I would half of y'all would fail on who plays for the Houston Rockets. Like all I know is CP3, Austin Rivers, Clint Capella, PJ Tucker. Uh, is Nene on the team still? Yep. Okay, Nene. So I got five. I can't give you the other uh, seven players, bro. I put it like this: the other night when they got ready to take on the uh, Brooklyn Nets, uh, P- 
PJ Tucker is what six five? I think six five, six six at the at the high, at the tallest six six. I think. Yeah, he was playing center. I don't know if you watched the game or not before the uh, before the tip off uh, to go uh, to start overtime. Yeah, James Harden was at, at jump ball against uh, I don't know the guy's name with the afro that plays for the uh, uh, Allen is his last name. Yeah, the one that was blocking all the shots. That's who. That's who. It was at center court to jump ball. It was him and James Harden. Hey, does, speaking of Allen, bro, does he not look like the light skin dude that was on Coach Carter, bro? That was that was uh, the little Puerto Rican cat. Man, right, <laughs> right. Or or does he not look like a built player from Two K? Yeah, like a random player, just like a, yep, the random exactly. player with the fro and the headband. Hey, exactly. Hey, I got a bone to pick with you. I did not tell you that you don't sleep on the Brooklyn Nets this year. Man, I'm not. Listen, hold on, hold on, hold on. If the Rockets were the first, if the Rockets would have been in full capacity, they would have blew the Nets out. Second thing is, I'm not. I, I'm not knocking Spencer Dinwiddie is is a really good player. Man, the, the Brooklyn Nets ain't going nowhere. They this they're not going anywhere. Down. But they're they not Carmelo. going anywhere. But <laughs> yo, yo, yes, yes, yeah. They could probably could use Melo. Actually, believe me. Where I, is Melo? I don't know. You tell me. You live in Houston. Melo don't live here no more. Nobody <laughs> know where, where Melo is. Melo <laughs> here no more. Man, maybe he need to dial number eight because we don't know where Melo at, bro. I don't, I don't know. even know if he wants. Yeah, but look. Get, but no. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, man. I was just gonna say, getting back to the Nets, though. I mean, it took. First of all, you're you're getting beat by one guy. That's the first thing. James Harden is killing you. Second thing is Spencer <laughs> Dunwoody has to hit these miraculous three-pointers, like three threes in a row. Even the last one he took to tie the game, Gerald Green is in his face, like in his grill. He just pulled up. Yeah, he up. was in his piece. Yeah, yeah. You know, some players just have their nights. Man, Brooklyn, do, do Brooke Lopez still play for them? Uh, I, I, besides, besides the 2K character, uh, Jonathan, uh, I think Allen is his name, last name, uh, the, with the dude with the fro with the headband, Jim Witty. I don't even know Jeremy Lin plays for them. Like, I can't name you the other 12. Oh, uh, my man, the snitch from L.A., uh, Russell, D'Angelo Russell. He played for them. Yep. And I, and the only reason I remember, I know Spencer Dunwood is because he he makes his own tennis shoes. Does he really? Yeah. yeah. Go look. He, he he designs all his tennis shoes. Last night against the Rockets, he, uh, he had Beyonce. Oh, he had on the Beyonce joints. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, okay, I did see that. Well, he comes yeah, up with a concept that somebody else does it for him. But that's oh, okay, that's dope. Yeah, he didn't have a shoe deal, so he just started making his own shoes. Hey man, sometimes that's how you do it. Next thing you know, we're gonna be out here rocking them witties. Hey, look, if <laughs> hey, look, if Soldier Boy can make uh, uh knock off Nintendo game systems, then hey, why not? <laughs> exactly. Hey, so uh, but no, on a serious note, man, here's what I, I do have hope for the Rockets, man, because I think their window's closing, but the door ain't shut yet. However, if they can sneak in as a 7 or an 18 and they match up with Denver, I think they can beat Denver. I'm not, after what I've seen the last couple of games with Denver, I'm not too keen on them as I once was. Man, I, I say it like this. At full capacity, at, at, if they at, at healthy, man, there aren't a lot of teams that can beat the Rockets. When, and, 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 you know, it doesn't really have to all, be all the way healthy. If they have Capella, all they need is Capella and Harden and somebody to give one of them a break. Austin Rivers is by far one of the best pickups that they ever could have had. I hate that Daniel House Jr. Uh, got sent back to the G League over contract negotiations. But, I mean, and James Harden really liked him because he had so much energy and, and 
and he brought so much energy to the game. But it's right. with, like I said, when they're playing and clicking on all cylinders, and plus this year, man, I'm not gonna even like I've seen James Harden score. I've never seen James Harden score like this. I, I wrote an article, man. Then I said that James Harden to me, right? It, it James Harden, the James Harden I'm watching right now, the best pure score I've ever seen. And what I mean by pure score ever? Uh, yeah. Listen, man. That uh, okay? So let, let me ask you. Ever? Yeah. Who do you think ever. the best? You know what I mean by pure score, right? So we talking like KD better? Yeah. We talking better than uh, Allen Iverson? Yeah. T-Mac? Yep. And you want, you want to know why I have James Harden down as the best pure scorer? I am all ears, big bro. None of those guys has a consistent jumper like like James Harden. None of those guys can shoot. And no, none of those guys you just named has the range. And even though KD can shoot, he doesn't. He can't shoot like James Harden can shoot. And what then, not only can James, mm. like Allen Iverson didn't have a jump shot. Like James, No, he didn't. He didn't. That's why I was kind of going to transition with it. But, you yeah. know, you're right. He, he didn't have the range and, and, or the consistency. So, and that's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> when I say pure score, James Harden does it with ease, bro. He's like, listen, and, and the way he creates his own space. Like, Allen Iverson used to create his space with the crossover, of course. James Harden, once he gets that step back, bro, it's almost the equivalent to him shooting in the gym by himself. He creates so much space. And once he creates that space, though, he can hit it. And so it doesn't matter where he steps. He could be on the three-point line. He'll take he'll, he'll do that step back, and he's two feet away from the from the three-point line, and he's still pulling up. So now what do you do? You say, well, let me go ahead and close out on him. As soon as you go to close out on him, he goes right by you. Like, literally goes right by you. And he's an efficient scorer in the paint too so scoring isn't isn't a problem for James Harden man you think about this in the last three games James Harden had 38 57 and 58 and they were fluid against Orlando uh when he scored 38 points and they lost he was one for 17 one for 17 from the three-point line came back and scored 57 points his season's bet his his season best the second highest scoring total um on the Rockets. His his career high is 60 points. But he came back to score 57 points, the best of the season. And then what does he do the next night that he plays? He steps on the court and what does he do? He scores 58. <laughs> so, yeah. These aren't struggle buckets. You know what I'm saying? That these not. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He out here playing with low spades, man. He ain't got no face. He ain't got no face spades. He out here, he out here getting these books with like sixes and sevens. Right? right? <laughs> right, so that's what I mean. So that's what I'm saying. By I have not seen uh, uh, when I say pure score, I have not seen a combination of jump shooting, uh, getting to the paint, and I I don't know anybody with a more effective first step than James Harden has. He will jab his jab step is the equivalent to him going by you because you don't know if he's jabbing or if he's actually going to the basket. Because he could jab you, you back up, and now what have you done? Hands down, man down, right? Man down, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, I mean, I got to Mark hey, Jackson make sure I don't take that from him. Yeah, he exactly, you know, you all here balling on the budget. Uh, exactly. Yeah. 
I mean, you bring up some. You bring up a lot of valid points. I can't say the best. I, that's far fetched, bro. And I know I named off. I rattled off a few names. Um, I would consider Jordan a scorer, but if we're talking range and whatnot, I mean, as far as being able to do it all, I think he is up there. Uh, but I, oof, I don't know. But like I said, he out here playing with the, these low spades, where you know he out here collecting these books on foes, fives, and sixes and sevens without no face spades. So well, anybody knows how to. Play. What's up? Let me bring it into your wheelhouse for a second there, E. Tell me, I, I put it like this. Outside of Harden, for me, the 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 only other pure scorer I will I will put up there with him that I've that that I've seen completely to, to play is because I've seen James Harden in person. Huh? I've seen James Harden play in person. Yeah. And so it, 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 the only other person that I say that if if I wouldn't put James Harden as, as the uh, best pure scorer I've ever seen, the next person would be Steph Curry. See, I wasn't even going to use Steph Curry because I think he's the better shooter, a better sh- the best shooter of all time, and that's completely different yeah. from what being a shooter and a scorer. Um, I would have said KD over James Harden because I think KD has more of a you know more of a mid game range, and that's nothing against Steph Curry. I'm just I mean the dude steps in the gym. He, I mean we already in his range, so. Um, it's going, you know, I think he's in, in a different class when we're talking about, I think, shooting. James Harden's, as far as being the score, being able to get to the rack, being able to draw, free, you know, free throws. Um, I think he leads the league in shot attempts, free throw attempts, and uh, scoring as well. So, um, it's, you know, I, I just think that if you're going to talk about that range, I think KD would be the closest person to, as an active player. Um, but I think, I mean, you bring up, you bring up a lot of good points. I mean, when we're talking about the three point game and how much it brings, how much is such a huge weapon, especially with the Houston Rockets when they just jacked up 70 last night. I know, right? Uh, um, <laughs> they out here playing like they on 2K on, on easy mode. They just, you know, pull up wherever, but, um, hey, e, I think that, that, <laughs> is equivalent to you playing like a, a 10 year old. He, all he does is just keep shooting the threes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, you, you, you send it up. You select your opponent. You sit there and run into little uh, uh, Pookie and Ray Ray, and all they just know how to jack up three as soon as they touch over half court. So, <laughs> uh, so I mean, I think I mean as far as I mean, it's easy hands down. He's he's my MVP. He's got my vote in MVP this year. I mean, I can't think of anybody else. I mean, really, and besides Giannis, I can't think of anybody I'd want to give the uh, MVP vote right now in the first half of the season, man. So, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely impressed with him, but. Uh, you know, you brought up the point of being healthy. And, you know, you're saying that if they're healthy, they're going to cause some problems um, for a lot of teams. There's a team that's out there that ain't even healthy that is starting to cause problems around the NBA. And they start to sit there and say, all right, man, enough is enough. We done sat here and played with y'all enough, but uh, we going back to our old ways and we about to start smoking people at the gym. And that is none other than the Golden State Warriors. Um, you know, I, uh, what is it on? Uh, Tuesday, <coughs> Tuesday, they dropped uh, – 51 points in the first quarter against the Denver Nuggets. At the time, Denver was uh, had a half game ahead in the Western Conference fine, uh, Western Conference uh, playoff standings right now. And Golden State literally smoked them off the gym, and I think they won by 30. Last night, they turned around and played uh, New Orleans back home on the second night of a back-to-back, and they almost traveled you know, halfway across the country. And they were down by like 17 in the second quarter and turned around and won the game by like uh, six to eight points. Um, and we're not even talking about Boogie Cousins coming in uh, tomorrow night uh, when they play the Clippers. But man, I think uh, do you do, you, do you, what do you, have you seen this different switch coming out from a different side of the uh, country, man? Where you know they just started all of a sudden getting this national, uh, you know, national tension back again, man. What you seen out there, bro? When it comes to the uh, Golden State Warriors, <coughs> man, it's yes, sir. 
Anyways, uh, I, I, I take you back to, you know, we talked about this earlier on the show uh, with the uh, with our my residential troll Todd. You know, I take you back to the seven three and nine season, and, and the one thing that they took out after that, in losing that year in in the finals to the Cleveland Cavaliers, they they realized, hey, listen, the regular season don't mean nothing. We just need to make mm-hmm. it to the postseason, and so. Ever since then, because uh, I remember Steve Kerr came out and said it, and Steph Kerr came out and said it, it's like we overexerted ourselves trying to break that that the Chicago Bulls record of. Uh, they admitted uh, that, yeah, yeah. What was it? Seventy-two and ten is what the what seventy-two the, is what they got, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so and then the, the Warriors came in at seventy-three and nine, and um, they said that they they exerted too much energy trying to get that record, and it cost them mm-hmm. at the end with fatigue. And so the next year after that, you notice that they didn't really care about the regular season. And that's the that's the way that they've been doing now. It's like, yo, look, we don't like last year, if I'm not mistaken, last year the Golden State Warriors that they they lost what, like ten or eleven they lost ten or eleven out of twenty games at one point. Something like something that. like that. Especially going into the playoffs too. They because they they're at a point now. Hey, listen, we don't care. Where we all we got to do is make the playoffs. Once we make it, we're good. And and so, yeah. but you know, every now and then they have to go back. You know, they'll lose a game here. Or, you know, it looks like they struggle a game here, and it's like, man, we don't care. One, we're not. We we haven't been for for healthy. Two, you know, we get players back. We just trying to get our system back together. So uh, they're one of those teams. Like, listen, once we get into the playoffs, we'll go. We'll we we will. Turn it up a notch. We know that we can do that. And what I mean by we, I'm talking about Golden State Warriors. I'm speaking for them. They know that they can turn like that another notch and go up another level where these other teams peaking at their level, like right now. Oh yeah, for sure, man. You, you know, you hit everything on the head. I think. I think right now they're just starting to hit their peak. I do expect this though, BB. I think uh, with Boogie Cousins starting uh, tomorrow night against the Clippers, um, I think tomorrow. I expect to be them. You know, I expect the team to be on the natural high. They're going to be amped up to have Boogie Cousins around. Um, they're going to incorporate him in the office. I think he's on slider to play anywhere between 12 to 16 minutes a game. But I do think that once with Boogie Cousins' his minutes goes up and his usage starts going up, I do expect to see somewhat of a rut that they may fall in. Because, mind you, BB, out of the uh, four-year or five-year run, this will be now with Steve Kerr as their head coach, this is the best center that they've ever had, like ever. You know, they had Andrew Bogut, they had uh, Zaza Pachulia, uh, Fessa Zazili as your centers. They ain't had no Boogie Cousins, bro. And so, with that be, go ahead. I just want to ask you a question, E. Uh, because I know the Golden State Warriors are your team. Was, do, do people not give the fact that uh, Bogut was hurt the year they lost to the um, Cleveland Cavaliers? People don't give that enough credit, do they? Man, they don't give enough credit about Bogut. I think he broke his leg. Bogut breaking his leg. Um, uh, the whole a lot of people focus on that Draymond Green Game Five suspension, which is fine and dandy. Like I completely understand where they can get that mix up. But yeah, like you said, Bogut got hurt. Um, believe it or not, BB, I don't really think that was a make it or break it kind of thing. I know Bogut was a very good passer out of the low post, and he really, if you think about it, he wasn't really closing the games. You know, they kept going back to the death lineup where. They basically just put Iguodala in and Draymond Green would be the center. And Draymond Green would basically play the five and everyone else. They're not even playing positions. It's just spacing at that point and matching up with who you're going to have on defense. But other than that, 
Um, but Bogey does set the pace. Set he was setting the table with that big bruiser down in the first, you know, first half, um, coming out of halftime and just being able to pass out of the low post. One thing that I I don't understand why nobody talks about it was Harrison Barnes played abysmal, bro. Like yeah. me and you could have sat there and been like Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball and Z, like trunks and trunks and go tanks and sat there and been go tanks, put our little fusion power together and sat there and jacked up and made some better shots than what Harrison Barnes was doing, bro. Like I said it at the beginning of that season that Harrison Barnes did not deserve max money. And I said, I didn't even care if they won the championship that year that Harrison Barnes did not even need to come back. He could have just left his stuff right there in the locker room, just walked on all back to Iowa, wherever he's from and never came back to Golden State because I said he was not a max player. And he literally shot the Warriors out of the finals uh, that, that, that series, man. Like LeBron James had his any old type of way with him. And it was, I really blamed that on uh, Harrison Barnes, man. That was Harrison Barnes' fault why we lost that series that year, man. They, and they gave him wide open shots, too. Yeah, they was giving him shots like, it just like, this dude could not hit a bucket for nothing. And really, even in the first year that they won, Harrison Barnes really wasn't that effective. So, um, you know, I think people kind of like let, let that go on the slide. But uh, and everyone focused on Draymond Green. But I be honest with you, people, I don't blame that on Draymond Green because Draymond Green picked it up in Game Seven. I think dropped like thirty some points um, in Game Seven. So it re- I, I don't blame it on Draymond Green at all. The game, the 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 game that for for Draymond Green, the reason why I say is one, he should have controlled himself. And I know it's, and I don't know how we got here, but we're here. Game <laughs> Game Six. If you go back, game seven, he balled out. Game six, he didn't. He played so timid. It was almost he like did. he was afraid to do anything because it's like, I don't want to get kicked out. He, he did not play with energy. It was a totally different Draymond coming back in um in game six than it was. Game seven, he's like, look, if they're going to suspend me, then I'll send out, you know, they got to suspend me at the beginning of the next year, but... Um, I can't do anything right. in this game six because if it goes to game seven. So if you look at the stat line from game six and then the stat line. From oh, it was seven, abysmal. Yeah. It was abysmal. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we're going we gonna to move forward from 2015 and move on into 2019. That's a new year. So <laughs> um, I do expect the Golden State Warriors, they may fall into somewhat of a little uh, three to five game funk, but they'll figure it out just by to get DeMarcus Cousins incorporated with their system. But um, it's going to be very, very interesting how they use their bench now because Kevon Looney moves and moves to the bench. Um, you got Iguodala that may take a, you know, he may play a lesser of the role. I'm going to be, my my number one takeaway, BB, is going to be seeing how they're going to end their games. Are they going to stick with the death lineup and leave Boogie Cousins on the bench? Or are they going to roll with that starting five? Like, that's going to be the whole, that's where I'm really, really interested in seeing how they're going to do this. And that's going, that, that has my attention, BB, because, you know, I don't know if Boogie Cousins is going to have enough pride to sit there and be on the bench at the closing minutes of the game, man. No, I don't, and I, don't, I, I wouldn't put Boogie. <laughs> I wouldn't put Boogie on the bench. And the reason why I wouldn't is because he's going to not only provide that scoring aspect from you, but just having him on the court, him and Draymond on the court together, you you got teams looking like, man, these I, I got to play against two dudes with both both of them got bad attitudes. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's going to be that. I think that for Boogie, it's going to be more of that intimidation factor as well. Yeah, so um... – yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what this brings in. And, uh, you know, I definitely, you know, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. But uh, we're going to get off the court and get onto the gridiron, man, because we got we got the Final Four, man. We got the Final Four with the AFC and the NFC Championship games uh, taking place this weekend um, with the New England Patriots against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, then we got the New Orleans Saints against the L.A. Rams, man. So 
Uh, we're going to move on over to the AFC side because, you know, be quiet. We might be at that game freezing our butts off my, uh, Sunday night, man. So, hopefully, we'll find out tomorrow. It's supposed to be night, cold, but. too, Abel. As I just said, it's going to be Iceberg Slim, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we're going to see, you know, the Patriots have been playing this whole underdog role, I guess, if, if, if this, as if they think they're the Philadelphia Eagles, man. But uh, from last year, um, do you think – I think – I personally think that if the – Kansas City Chiefs defense with Chris Jones, uh, D. Ford, and uh, Justin Houston is able to sit there and wreak havoc like they did with Andrew Luck last week in a in, in a bad weather game like they did. I don't, I can't, I can't sit there and say there's not a reason why I don't see why the Kansas City Chiefs can't beat the Patriots uh, this Sunday, man. It, 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 well, uh, we're just gonna since we're on the, we started on the defense side of the ball. I'll just stay on the defense side of the ball. I, I you gotta realize. You know, those guys aren't coming at, at you know at the Geico Caveman or Captain Morgan. <laughs> They're coming at the goat. They're coming at a guy who is by far one of the best in-game adjustment managers on the field. He can he sees things that nobody else sees. So almost like he is uh, Mr. Anderson from the uh, Matrix. He sees it all, bro. So, you know, in in order for them to, you know, that defense, that Kansas City defense is going to have to find some way to get a lot of pressure on him and make him hold the ball because he gets the yes, ball out of yes. his hands so quick. I don't know Very if you've fast. seen the uh, clip of Joey Bosa telling him stop throwing the ball so fast. Yeah. So he, if he, yeah. Um, but one thing also, to, he don't like playing. He don't like playing. Um, passing the ball when he's got he's got to rush like you said. So if they can rush and and and, and play lights out defense like they did last week, man, I, I I hate to say this, man. I think they I think Kansas City can do it. I just don't know if Andy Reid can coach a, if he can call a great game. That's what I'm concerned about. It's uh it, it's it's one of those things where you have to tell <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, hey, you got to keep looking forward because as soon as you look up at the lights, that's when you're going to get nervous. You cannot look yeah. up at the lights. Don't look at the scoreboard and, and see Brady. Don't look at the scoreboard and see Belichick because that's a, a lot of that aura of Belichick and Brady is what, what gets team, other teams caught up. I think that the Chargers would have played a better game on last week if Anthony Lynn wouldn't have been afraid of Bill Belichick on the other side of the field. They came out and, they, they came out and it's like they played scared. And you, you, you're trying to play that exact same defense you played against Lamar Jackson on Tom Brady. Yeah, he, with the seven DBs and stuff. He kills you He kills you with his own. But that's because Anthony Lynn, and I'm putting it on him because he should have went to his coordinator and said, his defense coordinator said, hey, man, we got to change this thing up. And why are we playing so much zone when we're right. just allowing Brady to pick us apart? And so right. with, with Patrick Mahomes, though, getting back to him, if you keep him, keep him grounded, keep his head, you know, straight because this is the biggest game of his NFL career, life ever, ever. Yeah, yeah. This and you know, and even though he played with the the great uh, friend of Sean McVay, who got good hair, and Cliff Kingsbury, that uh, great <laughs> college coach with his stellar thirty-five and forty record, even though he played for him, this is by far the biggest game of his his life. So. Don't look at the lights, young man. Just keep looking forward and finding Tyreek Hill. You'll be okay. Yes, sir. Um, who you got in the game? I think I'm going to go with Kansas City, man. I just think that since they're home, if they were playing the Fox, where I would say that uh, 
they 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 that the Patriots may have a chance. But I'm going with Showtime Holmes, man. I they they, they I've, I've been proving I've been doubting them all year, and I don't want to get caught with my pants down. This at the at least at the AFC Championship game. Yeah, me either, man. I, I look at uh, I say Kansas City is going to win because the the first half of the uh, the, the first game that they played this season. The first half, I think they what they have like nine, twelve points or something like that, and that's because Patrick Mahomes didn't know what Belichick was throwing at him. He just wasn't e- efficient. But once he got all those the nerves out and said, "Okay, I'm still just playing football." I mean, they went to work on the on the um, on the, on, on the Patriots on the defense, Patriots, yeah, on the Patriots defense in the second half, and so mm-hmm. now it's like maybe you know Patrick Mahomes gonna come in and say. I'm not. I'm not afraid of you all. So I'm taking the Chiefs as well. Yeah, man. And like you said, I think. And here's my thing, BB. And I'm just going. You know, we're going to transition to the NFC Championship game. I don't think nobody expected the Kansas City Chiefs to get this far, even with you know, even when the season began with Patrick Mahomes as a starting quarterback. So I think right now at this point they're playing with house money. Like nobody expected y'all to get this far. So I mean, what do y'all got to lose? So y'all might as well go in and hang loose and let it all hang out. And, you know, act like y'all drive. You know, drive that thing like you stole it, man. Because I, I think I, I I just got a feeling that they may be able to pull this off, man. Uh, I just don't feel like Tom Brady has enough weapons on the offensive side of the ball. I really the defense has been super duper flaky this year, so um, I'm gonna go out and I don't, I don't even consider the limb, man. I'm just gonna go out and be 100 with and say the uh, Kansas City Chiefs gonna win this game, man. Yeah, I got Kansas City as well. Now moving on to the other side of the uh, 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 the NFL, man. We got the NFC Championship game with the uh, LA Rams against the New Orleans Saints, man. Um, you know. I've read a stat today that said New Orleans has not allowed a 100-yard rusher since, like, last year, halfway through the season, bro. And we had two 100-yard rushers with C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley, bro. Um, I know for a fact one of them dudes ain't going to get off uh, either, vice versa. Um, but I do say that if if their L.A. Rams are able to run, you know, run the ball and play an efficient offense like they did last week um, against one of the better, te- better defensive teams that was in the league, I don't see why they can't go in the Superdome and sit there and have this rematch and uh, be able to beat these boys, man. Man, being at the game on last week uh, between the New Orleans Saints and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, my first time being in, in inside of the Superdome watching the New Orleans Saints play. I'm uh, I'm gonna tell you where the Saints have the advantage at, and especially when it comes to when um, uh, Los Angeles Rams are on offense side of the ball, bro. Their crowd is so loud. I don't know. Uh, watching at home, did you see how many penalties was caused by crowd noise alone? Yeah, I saw one where I was screaming at the TV saying, I don't know why Foles just didn't take the five yards coming out of the second half as opposed to that timeout. Uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I know what you mean. The decibel level raised over 125, bro, or consistently. So it gets Good, really loud. And, and, yeah. and I think that that's going to be the difference because you have Jared Goff coming in and I and I respect him as a quarter uh, you know a good quarterback he is a good quarterback but he's never been in that type of situation with that crowd hollering like that now I mean last on last week he was at home so he got to be able to go to the to the line and call audibles or and you know and and, and do everything that he wanted to do on the offensive side of the ball but this week is going to be so much chaos plus um you know they killed the the, the Dallas Cowboys with you know, one play, with just the, the 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 jet sweep or the fake jet sweep, or just putting the man in motion, caused them mm-hmm. to to like lose their mind. 
you're not going to be able to do that against the the uh, New Orleans Saints. It's because you know Jason Garrett isn't coaching the New Orleans Saints. So <laughs> Sean, it's Sean Payton, and who I say is the the original Sean. Sean McVay is like Sean Payton Jr. And for as just as innovative as Sean McVay can be, Sean Payton can take it up another step and be more innovative. Plus, he has Drew Brees in that backfield. Yeah, um, not to mention, I think Sean Sean Payton has the biggest set of you know who's running around in the uh, in the face of the earth as well with some of the play calls that he does in the most crucialest times. Um, well, I would say at least a special teams coach does uh, for Sean Payton. But um, like you said, man, you got the OG Sean against Sean 2.0. <clears throat> it's hard to go against Drew Brees, man. And I'm not gonna lie, man. Like um, I think the Saints defense with uh, Lattimore out there um, as you know anchoring down the DBs. You got Jordan, uh, Jordan on the defensive line. Like they have a very good solid defense. You know, a defense that a lot of people are sleeping on. Um, it's gonna be what I'm really interested to see is if a, if a keep to lead can knock out, take away Michael Thomas. What does Sean? Uh, what does Drew Brees do? Is he going to try to get Alvin Kamara uh, involved in the passing game, or is he going to be able to hit one of the tight ends that uh, that is out there? So it's going to be really, really interesting to see um, how the uh, key to lead Michael Thomas uh, matchup goes. Because if somehow Tlaib is able to, you know, uh, contain this dude, I'm not going to sit there and say he can hold this man, but if he can slow this man down somewhat, then you know, I think Drew Brees will have to start looking somewhere else to try to pass that rock around because. Uh, Mike Thomas has been literally his safety valve this whole season. Like, it don't matter where this dude's been on the field. Michael Thomas has been, like, Mr. Reliable. So, it's going to be really, really interesting to see, man. But um, I think this is just the Saints year, man. Because you got to think about it. Uh, think about this last year, BB. A missed tackle is the reason why the Saints were probably in the Super Bowl, man. Yep. You're right. You know? You know, a missed tackle is the reason why the Saints weren't in the Super Bowl. And, I, you know, you got to think about it. You know, they literally got off of a fluke play where the dude missed a tackle. Uh, Stephon Diggs was able to run into the house with the Minnesota Vikings, and then they got steamrolled um, in, in, in the NFC Championship game. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I think, you know, I think they would have been in the uh, Super Bowl last year, and I think they ain't going to sit there and let this get slipped up again this year. And I think they're going to go ahead and do the dog on time. Yeah, and, and, I mean, and let's be thinking of it like this: on last week, the uh, uh, on last week, Jared Goff threw for 186 yards, no touchdowns, bro. And because yeah. because that running attack was so was, was so lethal, uh, the Saints for for what they for for what it's worth, man, they had they don't have a Dallas Cowboys type defense. But you remember, man, they've been stout against the run of, for a very long time. All year, all year. Like I said, they ain't they ain't gave up a hundred yard rushes since last year, middle of the season last year. And, so I don't ex- I don't expect it happening again to, on the Sunday. And Eli Apple is going to have to play the game of his life. It's got to be oh, Eli Apple. They're, they're going to pick on him. And I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't try to always get Brandon Cooks lined up with Eli Apple for for penalty for penalty purposes alone because he's subject to, to hold pass interference, and that's just as good as, as a catch, as a reception. You ain't never like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know what you yeah. <laughs> We'll see. But so, so it's safe to say that you and I – we both agree on baby the Saints, Chiefs in the in the Super Bowl, possibly. Oh yeah, and, and one more thing for that uh, from that uh, Rams and uh, versus Saints game. I know that you know that they have Aaron Donald. You know, it's going to be you know trying to put a lot of pressure on the uh, on, on Drew Brees, and you know it's one of those things. In the first game, E, they were up. Um, you remember they had scored thirty five points by the half. New Orleans did, mm-hmm. but then. 
uh, Los Angeles came out, and then they put they went on a, a run to tie the game, but then the Saints came back and went on a 10 0 run. And so yeah, they did. The, the, the key for me, uh, for them, um, as well is Alvin Kamara. If Alvin Kamara has a good, if he can give you about 70, 70, 75 yards rushing and have you about 70, 75 yards receiving, they're, they're going to blow the Rams out. I, yeah, I, I agree. Um, let me ask you this question. Just a quick question, man. If, if Alvin Kamara uh, is able to go off, you know, is it time to maybe start looking at him as far as paying him like Ty Gurley money, man? So I don't know if I want to give Alvin Kamara Ty Gurley money just yet. Because this year, I mean, he had a stellar rookie season. Because this is, this is his uh, uh, second year, second I think. year, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so he had a stellar rookie season, man. But this year, he's only played good in spurts. I watched the Dallas Cowboys totally take him out of the game. And then, that watched, is true. you know, I've watched uh, a couple of other teams. When they key on him, I've seen him be taken out of a game. But that's yeah, also right. but that's also when Drew Brees is struggling too. So Drew Brees could be the key to him struggling in some games. If they make yeah. it to the Super Bowl, if, if if these next two games, he's a very intricate part, they're gonna eventually have to pay him, especially if he comes in his third year because he's on the three year rookie contract, right? Yeah, usually it's, uh yeah, it depends on what round you get, uh, what round you drafted in he goes anywhere from I think five to three or something like that. Four to three with like a, an extra year option that they can pick up. He was a, and he was a late it. round pickup for them too. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. he was. So, yeah, <clears throat> so. That I, I don't give him. He has to. I, I got to see it next year. Yeah, I think I agree too. So, with that being said, man, like I said, you got we got you and I both got the Saints, got the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, man. Um, I hope that you guys enjoy the show. But we gonna sit there and end it with our big dummy of the day segment, man. Uh, I'm going to go with my big dummy of the day, man. Uh, I hate to do this, man. It's DeMarcus Cousins, BD. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, yeah, it's DeMarcus Cousins. You can't sit here and go on national TV talking about you. the Golden State Warriors are the most hated team in the in the, in, in sports. Um, I'm going to go down this list real quick, BD. Um, guess who had, guess out of the top 15 uh, jersey sales in the NBA last year, guess how many of them were Golden State Warriors? 15? <clears throat> You said top, it wasn't 15. Wait. Top 15, yeah. So out of the top 15 uh, out of the jersey sales that oh. out of NBA store, oh, oh. guess how many of them are going to State Warriors? Uh, three. Yeah. So we had Steph Curry, number one. Uh, Kevin Durant was number three. And I think Klay Thompson was number 11. And I think Draymond Green even now rounded out like the top 20 in the NBA. But top 15, it was Klay, Steph, and Katie. Not in that order in particular, but Steph was the leader. Like, bro, DeMarcus Cousins, just because everybody hates you don't necessarily mean everybody hates the Golden State Warriors. They led they led the consumer in the number one team apparels as well. Don't know about it. Everyone doesn't hate the Golden State Warriors. If you actually look at it, kids love Steph Curry. Everyone wants to try to be like Steph Curry because he's this little underdog dude that's able to out here jack up shots as soon as he steps on the court. Like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, what, what is wrong with you? Just go in, sit there and say, hey, I got to sit there. I have a huge, I have to prove to myself that I can sit here and play. And I also want to put the league on notice that they slept on me for not picking me up because of my injury. Like, don't go in here trying to start a whole bunch of rock ruckus and you ain't even set them play the game. And we coming up on game 45, you already talking about we the most hated team. Do, do you Have you not heard of the New England Patriots? BB, you a Dallas Cowboy fan. I know you can attest for that. What? I know there's a lot of people. 
<laughs> I know there's a lot of people that hate the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees, and there's a lot of people that hate the LA, uh, hate the LA Lakers. Like, what are you talking about? We're the most hated team in sports. Like, where where do you where are you getting this from, bro? Because I think it's the complete opposite. I think people are tired of the word winning, but don't nobody hate them. Like, what is wrong with you? So, therefore, Mr. Demarcus Cousins, you are the big gun of the day, bro. Ah, that's funny, man. He's like, no, he's like, yeah, no, Demarcus, no, you and Draymond are the most hated basketball players. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, bro. Like, everybody hates Draymond and you. But you ain't got to sit and try to sit and spread all that negative energy to everybody else talking about we the most hated team in sports. What is wrong with you, bro? Just make your debut on Friday and let's see what you got, bro. <laughs> man, that's crazy. My, uh, <laughs> my, my, my big uh, sports dummy of the day of war goes to none other than the uh, head coach for the Miami, uh, for the U, for the University of Miami, Manny Diaz. And I'm going to tell you why. So you remember December 13, 2018, uh, Manny Diaz signed signed on to be the head coach of Temple University, right? They finally gave, after him being a defensive coordinator for so long with the University of Miami, he finally got a chance to get him a job, a head coaching job to lead his own team. At, at Temple. So from December 13th to December 30th, he was leading, you know, going out there. He started getting Recruit. recruits. They put his, they've already put his face on the, uh, on the Temple um, website. He's the coach. He's making these things. <laughs> then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, Mark Rick from the University of Miami decides to resign. And then Manny Diaz, December 30th, 2018, becomes the head coach of the Comes the head coach of, of, of Miami, right? The University of Miami. So yeah, December yeah, 13th, I remember this. he had a job with <laughs> Temple. December 30th, he's with Miami. Now, that'll be an all fine and dandy if he would have just kept his mouth closed. But I don't know if you've seen the recent comments that he made saying that KD is the reason why Miami is having trouble recruiting because these kids want to go to winning, uh, winning uh, organizations. They want to go. What? They want to go to winning schools. They say he says that when KD left Oklahoma City after being up three-one and losing to Golden State, and then end up going to Golden State, that's what's happening now. That these kids want to go to a winning program, and the University of Miami is having all this trouble recruiting. No, they're having you're having trouble recruiting because you don't have any integrity, bro. Nobody's. Nobody wants you up in their house because they're like, hey, man, I got the internet. You was the coach of Temple. You signed with, you know, you were the, the official head coach of Temple University. And then this job come up and now you're here. So you want me to entrust my kid to you. You want me to give you my child for the next three years because here's this is how it works. If I give him to you, you leave. He want to transfer. He's going to be penalized. We see that you got commitment issues, man. You stayed in your relationship for 17 days. 17 <laughs> days. And you want to say that KD is the reason why the University of Miami is not? No, bro. In that whole section it's that you made, you said winning program. Start winning, and then maybe you can get some recruits. And not only that, they don't have they don't believe in you, Manny Diaz, because of what you did. So how are you going to try to put your problems off onto KD? Man, not to mention, bro, like, the, you ain't relevant since what? Willis McGahee, Ken Dorsey, Kellen Winslow on them boys, Clinton man. Portis. Like, <clears throat> Clinton Portis. Clinton Portis. Uh, Ray Lewis. Mike Brunt. Yeah, Morris come on, Knapp, bro, like. Andre, Andre Johnson. <laughs> Son, uh, Sonoris Moss. Seneca, uh, yeah, yeah uh, Walter Payton's son was over there. Man, shut up. What? Man, come on, bro. Cut it out, man. 
not to mention, like you said, that you like I said, one that you ain't been relevant. I know, I think it was a Mark Ritz first or second year. They did pretty good and they kind of tailored tapered off at the end of the season. But I mean, the U ain't been relevant in so long. You got FSU, Florida. Um, UCF is starting to become, you know, somewhat of a household name out there. For like, you want to start recruiting, bro? You might need to get Uncle Luke and them and, and the Tootsie Roll boys and the '69 boys out there on the recruiting trail. Hold on, whoa, 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 give them their, uh, give them their proper, uh, get proper due now. Former national champions, UCF. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. As, as I was former national champions. <laughs> The former national champions that uh that's like Auburn that year where they had Cadillac Williams and uh Ronnie Ronnie Brown and uh, Jason Campbell sitting there talking about they won the national championship because they won undefeated that year. Man, cut it out. But yeah, man. <laughs> so and so but look, man, so getting back, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm just saying. Like Manny Diaz, you would have done done fine if you just kept Katie's name out of your mouth for the reason why you can't recruit. So yeah, you my big sports dummy. Yeah, he sound like a, a sore loser as it is. Like, he already sitting there trying to come up with an excuse on why they about to get smoked in the ACC against Clemson or something, man. Exactly, man. Hey, man, tell me where you can find you at, BB. Well, you can find me at BigStarSports.com. That has all my social media on it, uh, articles and everything. And um, you can also find me every day from 3 to 5 p.m. since the standard time on Sports Talk with Big Stars and the legendary KYLK and the all-new 92.3 FM. You can stream me live from Big Star Sports with a Z.com as well. And on tomorrow, you can find me on ESPN3 doing color. Oh, yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Hey, thanks, man, for the uh, International Bowl. Uh, for I- I'll be calling the 4.30 and the 8 o'clock game uh, with the 17 and under teams. Hey, man, I actually look for that specifically for you, B, because I was like, man, I heard you were going to be on ESPN3. Let me go ahead and try to figure out how I can record this because I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. The Big Star Salute does go to you, my brother, because you are leading the example, bro. Man, I appreciate that, man. And also, uh, well, since we're, you know, giving out good news, uh, coming up here pretty soon, within the next probably month, uh, I will be writing for a uh, publication called The Texans, Texans Wire which is an affiliate of USA Today Sports. Nice, nice. That's what's up, man. So you see it. We got big moves coming up. Uh, Once again, my name is Eric Compton. You can find me at Instagram on Money Compton. You can find me on Twitter at Eric T. Compton. Also email the show with any questions, comments, concerns. Uh, We definitely love hearing y'all's feedback. That's sports business. That's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. And that's about it, man. Um, I think you got your thing going on tomorrow. I'm going to be covering the Warriors game. So we might be going to Kansas City and freezing our booties off. But I hope they got some good barbecue out there because that's going to definitely warm up the kid. Man, it, that, that would be good. But they put ketchup in their barbecue sauce. And that's just un- un-American oh, yeah. to me. Yeah, I might be asleep on that. But I got to find something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. But anywho's, man, we hope you all enjoyed the show. Look forward to hearing you all again. Nothing but peace and love. We out. I'm out. All right.